Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. Vintage Church is a movement of truth, love, and community. For more information, visit VintageChurchNola.com. Here is this week's message. Hey, welcome again to Vintage Church. If I've never met you before, my name is Dustin Turner, and I serve as the lead pastor of Vintage Church. Last week, we began a new three-week teaching series called Where Are You? Right now, like I shared last week, we're in this pandemic. We're trying to figure out what in the world is going on. Uh, People are sick. Some people are dying. Some people have lost their jobs, lost their source of income. Uh, There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of worry. And many of us are asking that question of God, God, where are you? Last week, we talked about uh, God's answer, his first answer to that question, I am near you. And today we're going to be looking at God's response to that question with this response, I'm with you. Uh, When I started to think about this sermon, I thought back uh, to a couple of years ago in my life and in the life of my family. Uh, My my wife's mom, Jody, suddenly passed away due to suicide. She took her own life. And I remember that season of, of life, and my wife, Rachel, was really struggling. Number one, just to come to grips with everything that was going on. But number two, to find someone that wouldn't just sympathize with her, that wouldn't just feel for her, but would also empathize, would understand what she is experiencing. And it was incredible to me that in that season of life, Rachel had a lot of people that were, were coming to her, were reaching out to her, because they either, one, had a family member who had attempted or had committed suicide, or number two, uh, someone was coming to her, to her who were struggling or who had struggled with suicide or suicidal thoughts. And it was because those individuals had experienced, had been around Um, the issue of suicide, that Rachel was able to talk to them. Rachel was able to engage them. Why? Because they knew what she was feeling. They knew what she had been experiencing. And and here's the, the reality and the truth that I want us to get today. When we're in the midst of pain and suffering and fear and worry and anxiety, I want us to know that God is with us. Here, here's kind of the big idea that I want you to get today. In the midst of difficulty and suffering, God is with us because he has experienced what we experience. I want to say that one more time. In the midst of difficulty and suffering, God is with us because he has experienced what we experience. And so the question that we're going to be asking ourselves Today, as we think about God being with us, there's no better individual that was, who was God that was with us that can answer this question for us. And here's the question, how is Jesus with us? So we're going to look at Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 5, verses 7 through 10 today, as we answer the question, how is Jesus with us? With us. So turn into your Bible to Hebrews 5. If you have a Bible app, you can open that up. The words will also be on your screen as well. Here's what Hebrews says In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers 
and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Now, thinking about that question, how is Jesus with us? Here's the first truth that I think Hebrews chapter 5 teaches us. Jesus suffered like us. Jesus suffered like us. Look at uh, verse 7. This is what the author of Hebrews says. It says, Jesus offered up prayers and supplication with loud cries and tears. What the author is getting at was that there were moments in the life of Jesus when he was calling out to God. And it wasn't just a normal everyday prayer. The, the situation was so dire that Jesus was crying out to God. And in the midst of his prayers, he was literally shedding tears. And I have no doubt that many of us understand what Jesus was experiencing then because we have experienced that very same thing. Look at verse 8. This is what the author again says. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. Now, again, I want you to wrap your mind around this because this is so critical. Again, remember, the point of this sermon is, God, where are you? And we're saying he is with us. How is God with us? God is with us through the person of Jesus. Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. He is the Son of God, fully human and fully divine. And yet at the same time, he suffered. He suffered just like us. Look at your Bible this week. Go back and read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And here's some things that you are going to see that Jesus experienced. He hungered. He thirsted. He bled. He grieved. He experienced betrayal. He experienced mockery. He experienced hatred and rejection. And ultimately, Jesus died. All of those things, in one sense or another, we have experienced or we probably will experience. Jesus suffered like us. When Jesus suffered at the same time, he was honest with God. There are two moments at the end of Jesus's earthly life that I think about uh, when I read Hebrews 5. Number one is when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. If you remember, right before Jesus was betrayed, he went to the garden with his uh, three inner disciples and he prayed. And, and literally, he was calling out to God. The Gospel of Luke says that Jesus was crying and was sweating drops of blood. And in that moment, he was asking God, God, take this cup away from me, but not my will, your will be done. And we, we pray those same, same kind of prayers. I mean, many of us right now are probably praying and asking God, God, end this pandemic. And so we see that same thing in the life of Jesus. I also think about when Jesus was on the cross. On the cross, he's crying out. He's quoting Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And if that's not 
as raw of an emotion as you can have that on the midst in the midst of dying and on the on the cross feeling the weight of as if god had left him jesus suffered like us and and, and here's the thing about jesus that's so important that i think we can learn from jesus when i started to think about this um, this past week, I thought about the analogy or the metaphor of if you've ever had a soda and you've shaken it up and then you try to open it, right? You can't open a, a soda that's been shaken and it not explode all over you. And that's the significance, I think, of what we learn about Jesus suffering like us because there were moments in the life of Jesus that even though he is God, he was able to call out to God about how he felt and what he wanted. Another way and another term that describes that is the, the word lament. One, one author defines lament like this. It's an honest and expected expression of our battle with the brokenness of ourselves and the rest of the world. And so Jesus, because he suffered like us, because he experienced pain and suffering and hurt and brokenness, when he experienced those kinds of moments, he cried out to God. He lamented to God. One of my favorite passages in the Bible is in the Gospel of John. It's the shortest Bible verse. Jesus wept. The reason Jesus wept was because his friend Lazarus had died. And he wept knowing that he was about to resurrect Lazarus from the grave. But at the same time, Jesus was saddened and broken over the death of his friend Lazarus. And so here's my point of application for you as you think about how Jesus suffered like us. If Jesus suffered like us, lament knowing that Jesus knows how you are suffering. I would encourage you this week, take time out of your week this week to be honest and real with God. Tell him how you feel. Tell him what you are experiencing. Be honest and be real with God about your lament. Because Jesus, as he suffered like us, he lamented to God about what he was experiencing and what he was feeling. And so how is Jesus with us? Number one, Jesus suffered like us. Number two, from Hebrews chapter 5, we learn this. Jesus suffered for us. Jesus suffered for us. Look at verses 9 and 10. And being made perfect... He became the source of what? Eternal salvation. To all who obey him, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Now, to, to unpack this passage and these two verses a little bit more, we have to go back to what I talked about earlier. The person of Jesus. Who is Jesus? When we think about Jesus... We think about his two natures in one person. He is one person, Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus Christ. But he has two natures. He is both fully divine, he's fully God, and at the same time, he is fully human, 
fully God and at the same time fully human. And so part of what the author of Hebrews is getting at is Jesus is able to be the perfect high priest. He is able to offer us eternal salvation because in one sense, he is completely like us. He is fully human. He's able to stand in our place as our high priest and as our sacrifice on the cross. But at the same time, he is completely unlike us in that he is fully God. And so as broken, sinful humans, we are not able to provide a sacrifice to pay for the penalty of our sins. But because Jesus is fully God, fully divine, he's perfect, he's without sin, and therefore he is able to serve as our high priest and serve as the sacrifice that brings us eternal salvation. And that really gets to the significance of the gospel. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. It is the death in resurrection of Jesus. But every time we talk about the gospel, we go back to the very beginning in Genesis 1 and 2 with God's design. In the very beginning, God created everything. And when he created everything, he created it perfectly. He created it with peace, or the Hebrew word is shalom. Another way to think about shalom is human flourishing and delight and wellness. And so things were exactly as they were supposed to be. But because of our sin, because of our earthly parents, Adam and Eve, because they disobeyed God, sin entered into our world, bringing with it brokenness. And and if we're honest, right, we all recognize that our world is broken. I mean, just look at our world right now with the global pandemic that is the coronavirus and COVID-19. Something is wrong. Something is not right. And what we try to do is in our own power fix our brokenness. But what the Bible says, what God tells us is that the answer to our brokenness is Jesus. It's the gospel. It's the eternal salvation that Jesus provides us. And so Jesus, as both fully human and fully God, went to the cross and died for our sins. But he didn't stay dead. He defeated sin, death, and hell by raising from the grave three days later. And because of the gospel, we have an opportunity to recover and pursue God's design to experience eternal salvation when we respond properly. When we respond with repentance, turning away from our sin and responding with faith trusting in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so that's what the author is getting at. And that's the significance of Jesus not only suffering like us, but Jesus suffering and suffered for us. And when he speaks about that eternal salvation, one of the things that I've already talked about, right, is peace with God. The biggest issue that we have is that we are separated from God. Our sin separates us from God because God is perfect and holy and we are broken and sinful. And one of the things that we were created to have and created to experience is a perfect relationship with God, our creator. And so part of eternal salvation is Jesus dying for us to reconcile us 
to God. But here, listen, this is what the gospel does for us. It not only reconciles us to God, but it reconciles us to one another. It's the means by which we're able to live at peace and harmony with one another. And here's the big one for us right now. The gospel is the reminder of how we can live at peace with all of creation. Part of the what we're experiencing right now with the global pandemic that is the coronavirus and COVID-19 is we're experiencing the effects of sin on our physical world. And part of what Jesus suffered for was not just to reconcile us to God, but also to make all things new. And so there's going to come a moment when Jesus returns and he doesn't come as he did at first, a humble servant, but he comes again as a reigning, conquering king. And when he does, he's going to make all things new. He's going to eradicate viruses and sickness and death. And when the author of Hebrews is talking about eternal salvation, that's part of what he is getting at. That Jesus won't just reconcile us with God and reconcile us with one another, but at the same time, he will literally make all things new. And so here's some application for you to think about. If Jesus suffered for us, trust in Jesus to provide you eternal salvation. For some of you, the reality is there's never been a moment in your life when you've repented of your sins and you've trusted in the death and resurrection of Jesus to save you. And right now, you need to do that. You need to call out to God to save you. But for those of us who know Jesus, at the same time, it's a reminder from the day we trust in Jesus to the day we die to trust in him for our salvation. And so how is Jesus with us? He suffered like us. He suffered for us. But here's the last point that I want you to get is Jesus suffers with us. Jesus suffers with us. I want to go back actually in the book of Hebrews to Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15. And this is what the author says. He says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Now, I want you to pay attention to one specific word, one specific uh, verb in this passage, the verb sympathize. Now, typically when we think about the word sympathize, what we think about is uh, feeling like them, right? I talked about Rachel at the beginning, and I said she had a lot of people sympathizing with her, but few that could empathize, where you can put yourself in the person who is suffering. You can put yourself in their shoes. But this word in the Greek literally means this, to suffer with. And so what the author of Hebrews is saying is that we do not have a high priest who is unable to suffer with us. What he's getting at is Jesus has suffered with us as our high priest. He has suffered with us. It's like this. It's like uh, it's like a parent watching their child suffer with a terminal illness. That's one of the worst experiences probably anyone could experience. But the challenge in that is you are sitting there as a parent and you're seeing your child suffering and dying. 
but there's nothing that you can do. But you've at least understood that you see them and you're, you're sympathizing with them. You're hurting and you're broken for them. Jesus suffering with us. Here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying right now that Jesus has the coronavirus or that he's tested positive for COVID-19. But what I am saying is that he suffers with us in knowing what suffering is like because he suffered like us. And so he can sympathize with us because he's experienced the suffering that we have experienced. Look at what one author says about suffering. He says this, in hearing his cry on the cross, this is about the cry, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In hearing his cry on the cross, no believer is in a position to object that his own hour of darkness is darker than the dark hour of God, the incarnate son, that is Jesus. In whatever anguish, however vile, the believer thus can recall that he is crying out in companionship with one who also experienced utter human abandonment and who continued nonetheless to pray to the heavenly Father. Jesus suffers with us. Because he knows what suffering is like, he knows what we are experiencing. But here's the second point that I want you to get about Jesus suffering with us. In Christ, God suffers with us. In Christ, God suffers with us. Hear me out and let me explain this to you. Number one, remember who Jesus is. Jesus is both what? Fully human and at the same time, fully God. And so there's this reality that when Jesus suffered, because he is God, God experienced suffering. I'm not saying that the Father experienced suffering or death on the cross, but because Jesus is the second person of the Trinity, suffering entered into the eternal Trinitarian Godhead. Now, I know that's a lot for us to wrap our minds around, but what I want us to understand is that the God who created us, the God who sustains us, the God who has redeemed us, he has experienced our suffering because of Jesus. Here's what one author says, Tim Keller, who's a former pastor and author. He says this, if God is no exception, if even he has suffered, then we cannot say he doesn't understand or that his sovereignty is being exercised in a cruel and unfeeling way or that he's a cold king who lets things happen without caring about what we are going through. What Keller is saying there is God has experienced what we are experiencing. He is suffering with us. It's like this. One of the things that we do uh, as a vintage leadership team uh, before the quarantine is we would work out together. Every Tuesday from 4 to 5 p.m., we would work out as a staff together. And it's one thing for me to tell you the pain and suffering that I experienced through a particular workout. But it's another thing when you are working out with me and you have experienced that same pain and suffering. You've experienced the torture of a leg muscle hurting or an arm muscle hurting or a back muscle 
hurting, right? It's that's the difference between just un, like feeling like you can understand what someone is experiencing and actually experiencing it. And what I want us to be reminded of today is that God doesn't just sit back and say, "Man, I know that must be tough on them. I, I, they must be hurting and they must be suffering." But he he's looking at us and he's saying, "I know exactly how you feel. I am suffering with you. Jesus suffers with us. And here's the incredible thing about God suffering with us is that nothing changes about God's character. Nothing changes about God's nature. God is constant in his love and in his holiness And yet, at the same time, he feels and experiences our suffering. So here's the application that I want you to think about today. If Jesus suffers with us, be comforted that you are not alone in your suffering. There's this reality that if Jesus suffers with us, there should be a sense of comfort knowing That God is sitting in heaven, not saying, look at all those poor innocent souls. But he's sitting in heaven, not only sympathizing with us, but empathizing with us. Because the suffering that we are experiencing now, he too has experienced. Jesus suffers like us. Jesus suffered for us. And Jesus suffered with us. For us, I want to remind you that in the midst of so much uncertainty, in the midst of so much fear, in the midst of so much worry, Jesus is with us. And if Jesus is with us, then here's what I want you to think about. How will you draw near to him? If he's if he's with us, How will you take this season of life to draw near to Jesus, to be comforted by his presence, and to know that he knows and has felt what you are experiencing? God, where are you? I want you to know today that Jesus is with us. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And we thank you for today. God, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to be reminded of how much you love us. God, just like we talked last week, you are always near us. But God, today we have been comforted by the reality that you are with us. That Jesus, he suffered like us. That he suffered for us. And he suffers with us. God, comfort us today to be reminded of your presence in the midst of our suffering, that you love us and that you are with us. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.